Hey everybody, it's Devin here. I'm proud to announce that the Witch Power series, my first book series with Llewellyn Worldwide, is now complete. And as if that wasn't awesome enough, I've developed a course for intermediate to advanced practitioners who want to take the material from the books and their witch power to a whole new level. In the Witch Power Masterclass, we take the work from the series and expand upon it through additional exercises, reading, audio and video lessons, and ritual. By the time you complete this 52-week course, you will not only have a grasp of what you and your witch power are capable of, but the direction and personal insight necessary to build a life with your magic that you want on your own terms. The Witch Power Masterclass is available only at themysticdreamacademy.com. Use code MODERNWITCH, that's all one word, to get $10 off. Again, that's at themysticdreamacademy.com, and you can use code MODERNWITCH, all one word, to get $10 off. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoy. What is that? It's a little bag made from the skin of a toad. Does it matter? She, she's tampering in dark sided stuff. Yet in our own supremely rational time, there has been a dramatic rebirth of the ancient arts of witchcraft. You're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast with Devin Hunter. And welcome back to the Modern Witch. I am your host, Devin Hunter. It has, uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've put an episode out. Uh, it is nice to be back. Um, it is not nice to be trying to survive the plague uh, as, uh, well, the whole world is right now. It, uh, we, I, I know I'm in week one. I'm at the end of week one of uh, isolation. Um I, uh, I'm in California, so we are shut down actually. And, uh, we had to shut the shop down, which was super spooky. Um, the shop's been around for 30 years and it's never been shut down before, um, except for like holidays. But, uh, to be shut down for a couple of weeks, uh, we're looking at maybe three weeks of, of no business, really scary as a small business. Um, and I know that so many of you are also facing similar kind of situations. And if you're self-employed like I am, this is super spooky. Um, but we're going to make it through and it's going to be okay. And uh, one of the things that I, I think has been comforting throughout this entire experience is just how nice people are being. Um, I mean, you know, internet trolling's down at least a little bit and uh, people seem to be at least all kind of aware that no one's really um, excluded from this, this panic and this fear. So if you're in one of the areas that is uh, being affected right now, like heavily, uh, my heart goes out to you. I am, I am with you. I feel like uh, almost like a, I want to say a prisoner in my own home because that's a little too extreme. And I like my home. My home is nice. Uh, but it's definitely, uh, it, it feels like, you know, some big stuff is happening. Some big changes are happening out in the world. Um, so I, I just, I send all my love out to you and, uh, I I'm with you and we'll get through this. Um, I'm also going to be working on uh, getting some extra episodes out because I do have a, a couple of interviews, at least in the bank. Um, so the idea is that while I'm under house arrest, <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and, and put some episodes out, um, just to help pass the time away, um, on my end and on your end. Um, so lots of love and uh, hang in there. We're going to get through this together. 
Um, also, lots of love to my Patreon supporters. You guys are awesome. Um, extra, extra, extra love to Bob Rose, who is one of my um, Audio Spectre supporters, um, helping make all of this happen. It's um, it's really good to have that support. And, and it's also been really nice because as we've been dealing with all of this stuff um, and having to worry about the shop and, and this, that, and the other, my sister um, did uh, go to the doctor and was diagnosed with bronchitis, but um, there were no of the uh, COVID tests available for her. So she's put under, you know, quarantine, uh, medical quarantine, and, and there's a lot going on. She's, she's okay. It sounds like she's, she's bouncing back, but it also sounds like she probably had the, had the, the virus. Um, so we've, we're dealing with that and, and, um, the family had to, you know, we just had to take care of stuff folks. And I know that you all know that. Um, but life got, life got spooky. Life, life got really spooky there for a while. Um, and just, yeah. So, you know, life was, life was just going crazy. So I appreciate everybody's support. Um, while, uh, just, I had to go off air for an extra week. Um, but here we are. So, uh, the, the whole point of, of what I think is probably the best part of having a podcast is that I get to talk about stuff I want to talk about. So before we dive into the interview today, which is um, going to be, uh, it's a fun one. It's, um, and it's fun. It was fun for me because it's a conversation that I keep having with people who are a lot more um, like me. Like we're all witches. We, uh, we, we maybe don't necessarily jive super well with the idea of being a pagan or, you know, maybe we're feeling a juxtaposition to that term because we're seeing that the witchcraft world is growing in a way the pagan world isn't. The pagan world is growing in a way the witchcraft world isn't. And also the world is changing. Uh, a lot of things are changing. And so, you know, here we are, a lot of us who have been around for a while. And uh, I, I mean, there's been a lot of discussions online, um, a lot of discussions in my own groups of friends um, about the idea of, well, you know, witches don't have to be pagans. And uh, I don't really identify what has a pagan because of, you know, this, that or the other. So it's something that we've been talking about for a long time. We've been seeing go um, happening online for a long time. If you are on any of the social media, if you are on Instagram uh, or Facebook or, you know, any of those other things, you're seeing that there are entire communities of witches that have developed kind of separately from the way that our kind of main community um, kind of developed. And what I mean by this is like, and we'll talk about this with John Beckett today. Um, you know, when I became involved in witchcraft, it was, it w- if I wanted to go find other witches, I had to go to pagan things, which was, which was great. And I didn't care. I just wanted to meet people who were doing different things like me. Um, and as I, we, we've gotten older, um, people don't rely on festivals to, to meet each other as much as they used to. And there isn't as much of that, um, kind of energy out there in the world. Like we don't rely on it in the same way. Whereas nowadays there's online communities and there are, um, people being inspired by, uh, magicians and witches and occultists who have had uh, limited exposure right outside of maybe TikTok or Instagram. And so it's 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 interesting the world is changing out there what it means to be a witch and who who's calling themselves a witch and all of that it's all changing. So I wanted to bring John Beckett on because uh he is a pagan and um he has a really interesting story um but he's also a magic practitioner. And so he doesn't necessarily refer to himself as a witch. 
switch. Um, and so it's an interesting kind of crossroads. So I thought we'd come on, uh, or I'd bring him on the show, and we would have a discussion about this weird thing um, and hopefully make some sense of what's kind of going on out there in the, the modern witchcraft world and community and how it intersects with paganism. Uh, it is a really fascinating discussion, and I hope that uh, you enjoy it. Um, before we get into that, though, I do want to do, do want to say that my my latest book, Modern Witch: Spells, Recipes, and Workings, is available. It is totally out there. Um, if you check the show notes, you'll see two links. There's a link to get it from me, um, where you can get a signed copy, um, and then there's also a link to the Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So you can go. I guess it's three links, but you can go and you can get this book. And if you're not getting it from Amazon or Barnes and Noble, you can totally go out and get it from your local bookseller. Now here's the deal. This book dropped um, at a time that it has made it very difficult to promote. And um, we it's a good book. It's selling well in stores, but online the sales are still kind of meh. Um, and it's because the promotion's been really low. And that's because a lot of events and events and gigs and things have all been kind of shut down. So here we are um, in the year 2020. The book has been out for a little over a month. Um, well, yeah, almost two months now. And um, it's selling well, but it could be doing better. And I know it could be doing better. It's a gorgeous book. Everybody who sees it loves it. Um, I didn't get a chance to get it in the hands of, of people to blurb it and to help me promote it before it was printed. Uh, and that's because of the, the nature of the book. So again, this is the, the pictorial spell book. Uh, it's an awesome book. I am not just saying that because I wrote it. It really is. It's something that I'm super proud of. And I could really use your help right now getting the word out. Um, it is uh, this really difficult thing now to be promoting books in the time of, you know, quarantine. So if you can help me by spreading the word, um, if you already have a copy, go on Amazon or Goodreads and leave a review and you can leave an honest review. Um, but th this is the stuff that really does help out um, my ratings on both of those websites. Um, it helps get uh, people to see the book. If you take a picture of it, if you have it, this is something that we've been doing a lot on Facebook and uh, Instagram. If you, if you have a copy of my book, Take a picture, take a selfie, and, and post it online. I want to see who you are. I totally love to see people reading my book. And you don't have to take a selfie. You can just take a picture and post it. But the more people who see the book and the more people who see other people having the book, the more chances are they themselves are going to take that action to go out and get that book. So please help me. Um, if you if you like Modern Witch, if you like my work, if you like any of the stuff that I've done, um, and you're somebody who, you know, maybe you can't be a Patreon subscriber, maybe you can't um, help out in those other ways, you can totally help me now. You can scratch my back by helping spread the word about this book, just helping it get out there. Um, it's something that it was so much work and um, I, I'm so proud of it. And I would hate to see it not um, get the get the start that I think it deserves because we're going through this, this kind of crazy time. So if you could help me out, that would be amazing. Again, I'll put all kinds of links in the, in the show notes, um, but definitely go um, if you've already got a copy and leave me a review. Please leave me some reviews. Um, I, I stand by that work. I know that the, uh, if you're leaving an honest review, it, it's, it's going to be something that's going to help either way. So please, please help me out. And uh, that's all, all, all I'll say about that. Okay, so moving on. Uh, the Witch Power Masterclass got its first big update. So if you um, are interested in the Witch Power Masterclass, it's like I said, I updated it. I'm going to leave it at the price that it is, which is $250 for another just couple of months. And then it's going to go to its actually regularly listed price, which is $300. And um, it's a lot. There's a lot of material and content that goes with it. So uh, if you're interested in getting that, um, hey, check 
check that out. You can go to the mysterydreamacademy.com and you can uh, totally get your own copy of the Witch Power Masterclass. Uh, we also have uh, some new cleansing. There's a new cleansing, spiritual cleansing class that Storm, Fairy Wolf, and Chaz Bogan, um, both authors, you, you hear Storm on the show all the time. Um, they've put that together. That's over on the Mystery Dream Academy. Again, the mysticdreamacademy.com. You can check that out. Um, and then there are there's a lot going on. So again, we're kind of in this quarantine place trying to just make sense of things. I have a store full of crystals. So I'm going to be doing live crystal sales um, on social media, predominantly Facebook, um, over the course of the next couple of weeks. So if you're interested and and you know seeing if there's a crystal you might like um, a lot of it's going to have free shipping and um, it's going to be coming from my store i will be cleansing it blessing it charging it physically actually cleansing it disinfecting it before we send it anywhere just to be safe and um, it would be you know if, if you want to help us out in that way if you want to get a physical product you can go to one of our live sales and uh, the video stays up online so you can watch it later on that day and uh, just message us if you're interested in something we'd love to to help you uh, help us so yes uh, okay so without further ado, uh, we are going to take a real quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be uh, just kind of landing right in the beginning of my interview with John Beckett. And uh, if you don't know who John Beckett is, he is an author and he's one of the Pathios bloggers. Uh, he's actually, he's an interesting voice on Pathios. I really do like to tune into what he says. And there's sometimes, a, you know, that where bloggers tend to kind of write blogs that are responses to each other. And I think John and I have done that a couple times um, because we do have just different views, but he's really just this really incredibly intelligent man um, who's very respectful. And he really is supportive of the same thing that I'm supportive of, which is this is about you and your path and what you need and, and your relationship to to these things. Um, and so it was really great to have him on the show. I've been looking for an excuse to get him on. Um, and this was it. So it's great. Um, but his two books are The Path of Paganism that just came out and Paganism in Depth. And so um, Great, great, fantastic books. Um, if you are looking at paganism and trying to apply some of those broader uh, spectrums or of the the energy of of living a 21st century pagan life and what that really means and how to anchor it, if you're looking for those things, those are the books you want to be taking a look at. Um, so anyway, so we're going to be back uh, right after this break with John Beckett. Celtic pagan beliefs were rooted in Mother Nature. Her rhythms her creatures, her sights. I like the name witch, and um, I suppose in a way I'd like to reclaim it as being um, a good word and a, standing for, for all the things that I believe in. Here I am knocking myself out to make a living as a horror hostess when I'm actually descended from, like, a major metaphysical celebrity. <laughs> Um, so when you became a pagan, so let's let's think about the that that moment we all have where something clicks and we go, okay, wait a minute, I'm I'm going to go do something different. Um, and you're in, and you're in Texas now. When you became a pagan, when you found paganism, were you living in Texas at the time? I was in Tennessee. Same thing. <laughs> right, right. So how did you stumble into paganism? Oh, that's uh, yeah. Well, I'm not a witch, but I always wanted to be a witch. Um, I saw witchcraft on television and in fiction, and I knew what I saw wasn't real, but I knew there had to be some truth behind it. Um, unfortunately, I grew up in a fundamentalist church that taught that such things were of the devil and, and, and not in a fun way. 
And I kind of left it alone. Um, I also had also grew up with a very strong love of nature. Um, The woods were right outside my back door and and the woods were my refuge when things would get difficult in school or or whatever. I could go wander back in the woods and um, um, it was a safe place for me. Fast forward to um, fast forward to now, my goodness, twenty-seven years ago, um, I was uh, in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and for the first time, I met a real witch, and who explained to me that this wasn't just fiction; it wasn't role play that there was an actual religion behind it and and um uh he turned me on to Laurie Cabot and um I took it from there and this was this was what I wanted and I started reading books and buying tools and doing all the 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 things that uh you know uh new witches do and um, and it didn't go anywhere. Um, I spent eight years. Um, I spent eight years dabbling and basically not getting anything done because I hadn't gone back and addressed the foundational religious issues that I still was dealing with. I, I hadn't dealt with my baggage yet. And on. Thanksgiving night, 2001, I had an epiphany, and basically it was it was some deity smacking me upside the head with a two before saying, either get serious or move on to something else. And I knew that if I moved on to something else, I was not going to like where that went, and I was always going to have regrets. And so I got serious, and I finally started dealing with those religious issues, and I went back, and and I read some liberal Christian books, and I learned that a lot of the stuff that the Baptists had taught me was not orthodox Christian – small o orthodox Christianity. And I read some Buddhist books, and I read some New Age stuff, and I found Joseph Campbell at a very – uh, a, a very important time with the power of myth, and and I have some issues with Joseph Campbell, but he was the right person at the right time for me, and I started reading and practicing and meditating, and um, after a, about a year, I, I I knew I needed a group, and um, uh, I found the the Denton Cups group, the Covenant of Unitarian Universalist Pagans, and I went for Imbolc 2003 and uh, liked it so much I never left, and Shortly after that, they wanted me to be an officer, and I needed training, so I signed up for OBOD, the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids, and it took me five years to get through the um, the OBOD cl- class work. Um, and by the time I finished that, you know, I'm pretty much um, uh, pretty much settled in on my path now as a as a pagan, as a druid, and uh, and as a polytheist. So when you talk about um, 
magic on your blog. I, I love your blog. I, I really do. We, we obviously have different, you know, approaches to things, but I really do love your blog. And I love that you're constantly kind of letting people in on your process because you're, you're obviously not done cooking, right? None right. of us are done cooking. Um, so I really appreciate just the realness in your blog. What keeps you because when you're when you're writing your blog, I often see the word magic pop up, and I and I read you talking about magic a lot. And so, how does magic fit into your life now? I mean, you know, a lot of when we think of witchcraft and we think of spells and rituals and paganism, a lot of the times that uh, we, we think of these grandiose kind of things. But once things actually start getting applied, they look different. So, how does magic look in your life now? Do as I say, not as I do. Are we that generation? Or are we doing and working on ourselves just as much as we work on the technology that we crave? Artificial intelligence and the concerns, I would say, were pretty valid. But the interesting thing about that is, is it valid because... That's how we see ourselves. Are we are we looking at them, but then really seeing us? We live in a magical universe. I was taught both on the religious side and really on the 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 the, the science side, who who should have known better, even. You know, when I was in school back in the 70s, that the universe was by, a lar- by and large deterministic. Um, now, this was a long time after Einstein and relativity on that, so a lot of people just hadn't caught up yet. But you know, the, the idea of the of the clockwork universe was still very strong. That that uh, a creator god had had uh, uh, created the universe, or the Big Bang happened, and um, the universe was entirely predictable uh, based on natural laws. Uh, well, we, we, we know that's not exactly true. We know that the, the, the universe is much more probabilistic rather than deterministic. And if the universe is probabilistic, then doing anything that we can do to um, – to influence those probabilities uh, can make it more likely that we'll get the kind of results that uh, that we want. Um, in my daily life, um, you know, I do I do grounding grounding and shielding every morning. Uh, is that magic? Well, maybe it is. Um, I do spell work. Um, at the full moon. Uh, I haven't always been religious about that, and I've kind of got my butt kicked for it, and, and now I've, I've gone back to I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm doing formal spell work on every full moon because there's always something out there that needs a little extra push. And, and really that's how I, that, that's how I use magic um, is, is to give things an extra push. Um, we – if, 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 if you don't do the mundane work, it's not going to happen, but sometimes the mundane work alone isn't enough, and the magic helps uh, helps 
push it along. And I'm not sure if I've answered your question, but but that's what came to mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, when you talk about you know being a druid and the, the 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 process of being a druid, I know what's one of the things a lot of uh, the listeners out there have looked into at some point. Um, you you didn't start off looking for druidy. You you started off looking for for witchcraft, and you found druidry. Did you do you feel that those that the I guess we'll say the identity as a witch and the identity as a druid? Do you find those things at odds with one another? No, they're 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 not at odds. And I have I I know. Uh, I have friends who consider themselves both druid and witch. Uh, Philip Cargom, who is the uh, soon-to-be-retiring chosen chief of the Order of Bards of Eights and Druids, wrote a book called Druidcraft that blends druidry and Wicca. Um, so no, they're, they're, they're not at odds. It's more a case of, of emphasis um, with the with, um, with Witchcraft being, as I understand it, um, and and you're going to ask me questions about witchcraft. I'm going to tell you what I think because that's what you do in an uh, in, in, in an interview. Um, I um, I have my opinions on what witchcraft is, but uh, you know it's not my gate to keep. If somebody else thinks it's something different, um, but from my perspective, witchcraft being more. Um, more magic oriented, uh, whereas druidry is more um, uh, uh, more nature oriented, more nature worship. Um, yeah, uh, connecting to the land, the sky, and the sea. Um, the Celtic lore that uh, that that forms the the foundation of much of modern druidry. Not in, not at odds in any way. A lot of overlap, but. It's it's really more a question of where the emphasis is. I like that. I, I totally like that. I dig that. Um, in your blog, you recently wrote about um, because you'd obviously seen the chilling adventures of Sabrina. It's part three, <laughs> um, and I, I totally got to talk a lot of it because when I was watching it, I, my first thought was, "Oh, some pagans pissed off the writers." That was my very first thought, and then to see you write that blog and and kind of flush that idea, out, I thought that was great. What we saw in the show um, is kind of reminiscent of of one of the – I don't want to call it – it's not a culture war. I really hate that, but that's – some people are using that in, to describe this phenomenon that we're having right now. But the the pagan scene has gotten big. It's It's gotten so big. We've got all these different subcultures and subgroups within it, and a lot of people who practice witchcraft are – kind of in this place of they're not always feeling like they belong in paganism. And I think that gets down to just some of the core values, I, 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 which is interesting to me because when I came into the craft, it was kind of all one and the same. Um, and so, you know, everything is nature and you are nature and so on and so forth. But there seems to be a, a group of, of witches that have uh, developed and kind of sprang forth in the last 20 years. And this isn't a bad thing. This is, I think it's a great thing. Everyone practicing magic is a good thing in my book. Um, but there's some differences now. And I think when we see something like with what happens in this season three of Sabrina, don't want to give any spoilers away. We can just say there's, there's a pagan battle that happens with the witches and it's, it's really fun. Um, but that's reminiscent of kind of what we're seeing on online culture. We're seeing it in books and especially even with my books, I had a whole kind of identity crisis when I went to go start writing about the backbones of things and asking myself, what was, what did I find really important? What did I think was necessary to add to the conversation? Um, 
and so I know this is a lot of lead up, but my my I guess my question is, when you were seeing these these differences and these things pop up, um, how does that look to you from your pagan perspective? Because I'm coming at it from this witchy perspective, everything spells and spirits and so on and so forth. But from a pagan perspective, somebody who you've got these friends, you've got people who you know, who you know, maybe they're starting to kind of veer off into their own direction. What does that look like and feel like on your end, especially when you see stuff like Sabrina? So the the witch the if if you drew circles for um the, the the witchcraft community and the pagan community yes there's a good bit of overlap the witchcraft community as i see it is orders of magnitude larger um lots of people you know you've got the the uh the lifestyle witches the the uh the 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 the, the aesthetic witches um you know, there are no lifestyle pagans. Um, there's no pe- nobody running around talking about how they're how they're a pagan and they dress as a pagan, but it, it's it's just it's a lifestyle thing. Um, the 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 witch witchcraft community is is significantly larger. Um, what I see as a pagan is a lot of people who are. Um, People identify as witches for for lots of different reasons. Some of them want to do spells and learn magic, and some of them um, want to be Wiccan witches and um, uh, uh, worship the gods of Wicca. And and some of them just want to. A lot of them are young women who are try who are trying to claim their power. And and I'm all for that. Um, like, um, I don't think what they're doing is witchcraft, but you know, the, uh, witchcraft is a lot bigger than, uh, uh, than 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 people dressing in black and and you know wearing crystals and all this this sort of stuff. Witchcraft will be just fine. Um, so yeah, what I think that's that's what I see just as a. Being a cultural observer here is uh, a, a lot of people in witchcraft who were there for a wide variety of reasons. It means a lot, a wide variety of things to them. You get that in the pagan community as well. Um, in the pagan community, there is at least the assumption that there's a religious nature to it. There's a religious component to it. Um, I don't always see that. In fact, I frequently don't see that in um, uh, in, in, in witchcraft. It's um, sometimes it's just I want to do secular magic. Uh, sometimes it's just you know I I think this image of the witch is cool and I want to dress like this and and uh, go out and uh, uh, do political work to um, um, resist Trump and, um, and and if that's what makes somebody happy then I'm all for them but um, and and like I warned you before I can start rambling and I think I'm rambling now but um, not at uh, all I, not at all I um, um, that's basically where where, where I see the 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 the, the differences and and also the overlap, I, I think you're you're totally spot on. I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective, um, but you're 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 totally right. There aren't too many life and style pagans out there, um, and and you know for kind of good reason. I mean, just for the the kind of idea of what paganism is and um, what it stands for. Speaking of as as we're 
kind of fast forwarding into the what that well we're knee deep in the 21st century um year 2020 things are way different than the 90s when i entered paganism um and things are going to continue to grow and to change do you think paganism has what it takes to kind of withstand the the shifts and the things that we're experiencing culturally right now not yet um I need to pause here for just a minute because I'm sure. I just said something that that I'm going to have some people yelling at me about, and I want to sure, clear I'll that. edit it out. I, no worries. <laughs> no, 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 don't leave it in. Um, but um, um, I, I, I was talking about lifestyle. There are there have been always been lifestyle pagans, um, and a lot of this was. You know, particularly in the 60s and 70s, the um, the people who used paganism uh, as uh, a, um, a gateway into the free love movement, who um, were um, not always behaving with uh, uh, with with good virtue, and uh, some of whom were uh, sexual abusers. And there were people who there were people who misused paganism. Um, from from its beginning, and who did not have that um, uh, that religious commitment. So I don't, I, uh, I need to put that caveat in there, or, or I'm going to get people people yelling at me. Um, going back to your question, though, about the 2020s. Um, Ten years ago, I thought the pagan community was was starting to come together um, that um, we were starting to build some institutions uh, we were going to and, and my dream in all of this was that paganism would be a religious umbrella and within that you would have Wiccans and druids and you know uh, Kemetics and Celtic reconstructionists and heathens and all these different subgroups that would be doing their own things intensely but working together under the under the the the, the big tent of paganism that's that that's not that that's not happening uh we've grown more apart than we've grown together um i i i now think that the 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 whole pagan movement is is going even deeper into a speciation phase where we have many different varieties of paganism, different groups, different traditions, different emphasis, different um, different cultures, and none of them are very big, and most of them aren't going to last for more than a couple of years, and very few will last longer than their founders. Over time, the the two or three or four or eight traditions that are really strong will survive uh, and start to grow, and the rest of them are going to die off. But there's going to be a lot more coming and going, a lot more things being born and things dying off uh, before we the, the pagan the pagan movement starts to. Um, figure out what it wants to be for the really long term. Do you think that it's a matter of there being some sort of collective 
decision process that's happening as far as what people need to do to kind of, you know, get along and to um, organize so that things, bigger things can be happening? Or do you think that the the speciesation, as you put it, which I think is a really great way of looking at it, um, is going to be the prominent focus for here on out with paganism? I guess my question is because, you know, again, I'm coming at it from a very different perspective. Most of the time is just an observer because um, I don't really feel like I have a, a terrible amount of skin in the game, um, you know, because for me, it's about the environment and taking care of that and stewardship. And I can do that on my own. I don't need my religion to to emphasize that for me. Luckily, those things just marry really well together. Um, but do, so do you think that we're going into this phase of speciesization that's going to last quite a long time and we're still going to end up flushing things out? Or do you think that we're we're going to be able to get some sort of unifying something together. Cause I feel like you're totally right with the 10 years ago, there was stuff happening. There were organizations popping up and there were efforts. I mean, so I, people have been talking about pagan banks for a long time. I think somebody's actually doing that right now. So there's these really cool things that point to a future. I'm just not sure what that future looks like. I don't, I think, I think we're going to have to go down before we come back up. I do not, I do not believe based off the last, you know, 20 years or so of observation, and especially the last 10 years, that we're going to be able to build pagan institutions. I think we're going to have to build heathen institutions and polytheist institutions and Wiccan institutions and traditional witchcraft institutions. And I think we're going to have to build what we're going to build at the tradition level because that's where people have some passion. Um if things go bad in the pagan community, it's easy to just to go, to go back to your coven, and I'll just stick here with you. It's, you, you, you need you need those local friends, you need those those people who are doing the same thing you're doing, uh, that you've got a lot of commonality into. You've got a bond there. You don't have a bond with the people that you meet once a year at Pagan Pride Day. We're gonna have to build. Uh, we're gonna have to build. From the ground up on a tradition by tradition basis and then start um, networking those traditions together rather than trying to um, uh, rather than trying to build it from the top down. Do you think that um, – so you know, I'm looking at Obad and I look at ADF and, and the Druids have always seemed to be the most organized when it comes to pagans. But we um, are. Yeah, we're, absolutely. We're, we're also we're also the oldest. There you um, go. Druid, you know, modern druidry is about three hundred years old, and that's really freaking cool. Um, and, and there you go. So, what is it that makes druid druidism druidry work from that level that we're not seeing in other places? And I'm not saying like go look at another tradition and point your finger at it. Just saying, from your perspective as a druid, what do you think? druidry has that the rest of us maybe might want to look at order <laughs> um there's a you know we're uh, druid groups are called order orders the order of bards ovates and druids uh the the ancient order of druids in in britain um um the, the that's the, the it's a different meaning of the word there, but um, uh, still, there is um, um, there there is order and organization in them, um, and that's a um, that's a that's a bad word for uh, a, a lot of uh, for a lot of pagans. 
um, who who don't want to do the work it takes to uh, uh, to build organizations or who have been hurt by other religious organizations and they're afraid of them. Obad has been extremely successful um, because it caters to the solitary practitioners. Um, it has the best distance learning program in the pagan world and and possibly in the religious world. I mean, it's that good. Um, and I think. Uh, I, I think we're over 20,000 members worldwide now. Um, there are groves, um, but there, you know, most OBOD members aren't in a grove. Most OBOD members um, are, are, are solitaries, and they may go to a festival. Uh, they may listen to Druidcast, um, but it's, it's mainly a solitary thing. ADF was designed to be a pagan church, and um, it works best with strong local groves. ADF's going through some growing pains right now. Um, there were uh, the Go read the go, go read the Wild Hunt. Um, the Wild Hunt is one pan pagan thing that is doing well, and and we need to support it. Um, there ha, they, there has there's been some issues. I, I really don't want to get off into those, but um, uh, some some past sins that are trying to be cleaned up right now, and um, uh, it, it's it's causing some uh, it's causing some challenges, and I'm I'm hopeful that the, that they're going to be addressed, and uh, the 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 order is going to move forward, but uh, but we will see. Um, but yeah, that's the that it, the, the the early druid groups were, were were not pagan they were mostly cultural and fraternal organizations they were they were like the masons um they weren't weren't necessarily masonic but they were like they they were organized like that um and so there's a you know there's a long history of of organization there that um, th that we draw on as druids, regardless of, of of which group we're in, and I think that serves us well. Um, it still hasn't enabled anybody to um, uh, any of them to really become um, uh, dominant in the wider pagan community. With 25 years in service, the Mystic Dream is today's premier marketplace for all your spiritual supplies. Join us at our Walnut Creek location nestled in the San Francisco Bay Area of California or online for a state-of-the-art shopping experience. The Mystic Dream offers a wide selection of candles, statues, jewelry, crystals, books, tarot and oracle cards, as well as conjure, root work, and witchcraft supplies. Join us online at www.themysticdream.com. The Mystic Dream, where ancient wisdom meets the new aeon. You're watching a ventriloquist named Jerry Etherson. 
a voice thrower par excellence. His alter ego sitting atop his lap is a brass stick of kindling with the sobriquet Willie. In a moment, Mr. Etherson and his naughty pine partner will be booked into one of the out-of-the-way bistros. Oh, Piper, it's no use. I can't even hear you. The monkey stole my hearing. Do you think that the internet is and the way that we're able to communicate right now do you think that's that's helping us or do you think that's hurting us oh it's, it's a it's a huge help it's a huge help um i go back just to when i was um when i was getting started in the in, in the early 90s and um you know I, I had i had i had the books that i could find that uh uh you get a few at barnes and noble at that point um but um I had to drive to Atlanta to to uh, a metaphysical shop for 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 a lot of them. Um, the internet makes it possible for um, um, for us to find each other. It it makes things like you know Patheos Pagan possible. Uh, all of the people who have come into my life because I keep a blog take away the internet. I don't know any of those people anymore. Um, the, the exchange of ideas, um, if, if the internet makes it possible, if I write something, um, on Sunday and it's not quite right by Sunday afternoon, I'm going to have four people letting me know it's not quite right. Um, and I can go back and, okay, I need to change this and this, um, I see other bloggers who write something that will inspire something in me, and um, not necessarily I think they did it wrong, but uh, they took it in one direction. I say, hey, that's a good idea, but it can be extend, extended over here. Um, that is that is the th- those two things: uh, finding each other and promoting the exchange and development of ideas uh that is a great thing for uh for the pagan movement absolutely so i'm gonna switch gears here um when we do any sort of of research on you one of the first things that pops up is something you had written about having a relationship to a a particular god um (laughs) and having a, a very strong relationship with that and you know from my perspective spirituality and at least where I'm coming from, everything's really driven by these spirit experiences that we have, these relationships that we build with, with those entities, those beings. Um, how does that work for you? Like how, do, how does that interaction with the spirit, how does that work in your life? It started as, as an occasional thing. Um, Oh, we're doing a ritual. We're supposed to invoke a goddess and a god. Who should we who who should we um um who should we invoke for this ritual? And and trying to be good hosts and not just picking people out of the or persons out of the you know, out of a book, but trying to find someone who we had a connection with and who had a connection to the to the holiday or or, or the event and and um then trying to be good hosts and make offerings and uh, told their stories and all, all, all those kind of things. Um, the deeper, the, the further it went, though, the deeper that got and the more 
the more frequent it got. And some of those experiences were those things you just kind of feel like they're there. And and some of them are where um, you know they're there because um, because they're they're they're. they're uh, this is where the word ineffable comes in. Uh, not 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 forbidden to speak of, but uh, incapable of expressing in words. Um, so, yeah. Um, the feeling their intimate presence um, in ritual and then in meditation and prayer and then the longer it goes, that becomes a, a, an almost an almost constant thing. Um, you know, I'm I, they're, they're not I'm not I, they're not I'm not thinking of Cernunos or the Morrigan or anybody else, you know, while I'm crunching spreadsheets at work, but if I but but if I pause for a moment, they're they're, they're never far away. I love that. I love that. That's that's spot on with what I think the rest of us are experiencing. So that's a good. Um, how do spirits fit into life as a druid? I can't speak for all druids, um, and but um, you know they're. The world is full of spirits. Uh, we are spirits. Um, every uh, some people say that uh, um, uh, everything has a spirit. Uh, I like to think say that we're 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 all spirits, and some spirits have bodies, um, and some spirits have bodies for for a while. So um, we have bodies at the moment. Uh, our ancestors had bodies at one point, and, and now they don't. But they're still here, and we still have relationships with them. They're not the relationships aren't the same as when they were alive, when they had bodies. But um, you know, we remember them. Uh, we make offerings to them. We speak to them. Uh, occasionally, they speak back. Um, we, I, um, interact with the with the. The local land spirits, the the spirits in uh, the spirits of the trees in my backyard, um, the spirits who live in the trees in the backyard, which aren't one in the same. Um, we we live in a we live in an inspirited universe, um, and that includes us. That includes the ancestors. That includes the fair folk. That includes the gods. Um, yeah, a, um, a world full of gods. I love it. I love it. So, what? I'm going to get weird on you. Um, so, gods in comparison to ancestors, in comparison to um, spirits of place, uh, beings like that. How do you, where did the gods fit? Cause one of the things you talked about earlier on was, you know, have, coming from a model where everything had a place and, you know, there was almost like a hierarchy there. Do you, how do, how do gods fit into your world in comparison to these other spirits? Do you have a devotional practice? Do you worship them? Are they more like partners for you? Um, what, what does that look like when it comes to your relationship with the divine? Okay, so that's – I hear two questions in there. Yeah, probably um, three. I don't know. <laughs> the, the spirits are spirits. 
um, a god, gods and ancestors. You know, some ancestors become gods. Uh, apotheosis, apotheosis is a thing. Uh, some ancestors become gods. Um, some of the some of the fair folk were gods and may still be gods. Um, I see these not as hard categories and hierarchies, but as rather amorphous groupings with a fair amount of overlap. Um, the gods are the mightiest of spirits. I think I stole that from Ian Corrigan, but it might have been somebody else. It's not my original line. Uh, the gods the gods are the mightiest of spirits, the greatest of spirits, um, the most perfect of spirits. They are they are on the far end of the spectrum of spirits. I have a devotional practice. I'm looking over my shoulder right now at the uh, at my altar that has five statues on it, um, and I will um, I will pray to these five deities by name every night. Um, I have deities who I will make offerings to on a weekly basis. Um, others that I have more infrequent. Um, more infrequent interaction with. I worship the gods. Um, I, a lot of pagans are allergic to that word. I think they misunderstand that word. Worship is not groveling before some um, insecure deity telling them how great they are and hope you know, in hopes they don't send you into eter- eternal torment. Uh, that's that's not proper worship. worship. Worship is to declare what is worthy. The root word of the English word worship comes from, uh, comes from the, 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 the word uh, worth shaping. The gods are worthy. The gods are virtuous. Um, they are, uh, they are divine. Um, they are more than us, but they are not wholly other. They are not so unlike us that we can't under, re- relate to them, even if even if we we will never um, um, we will never reach their level, at least not in this lifetime. So, when I worship Kernunos, I declare that the God of the forest and the Lord of the animals is. Um, is 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 worthy of my, uh, my my devotion, and that I want to be more like him, and I want to be I, I want to take some of those virtues of nurturing and uh, protecting the forest and um, running wild when the, the the occasion comes, which is a hard thing for me to do. I, I want to absorb those things in into me and be more God become more godlike myself. Even though I'm human, I'll never be a God in this lifetime. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. So on the the subject of, of polytheism, because your latest book, Paganism in Depth, a polyist a polytheist approach, um is, had just came out. So uh, what do you think polytheism has to offer in a world where we are not given many options when it, when it comes to the, to the divine? 
what I like to say about poly- polytheism um, – and, and polytheism is, is – I'll use the anomalous thracians definition here. Polytheism is the religious regard for many real gods. In a world where the loudest voices scream there is only one god and the second loudest voices scream there are no gods, polytheism tells us that there are many gods – who call many different people to worship and work with them in many different ways. So um, whatever you are looking for, um, whatever your needs are, whatever your skills are that you have to offer, there is a deity out there who um, uh, who would be a good match with you. And um, one of the things that drew me into paganism back when I first discovered what it was was the idea of uh, of goddesses, because again, grew up Christian, one God and he's a man. Um, that never seemed right. The idea that the divine had a feminine side to it just intuitively made sense. Um, I know that's one of the things that attract a lot of uh, a lot of women to uh, um, to paganism. Attracts a lot of men too. Um, men need gender. Men need that um, uh, uh, gender balance in the divine as much as uh, as much as women do. So there are. Um, there's not just one way. Many gods, many different ways. You find where you fit into it. I love it. So uh, one of the questions I know my, my listeners are going to be secretively asking right now is what do you do as, as a, somebody who has a successful polytheistic approach to, to uh, your spirituality? What do you do when you feel like the spirits you're working with don't get along with each other? The The, the, the first thing I would do is – is try to make sure that's really the case and not just your your perception. I would do some 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 pretty heavy divination, and I would probably call in. Um, I can divine for myself fairly well, but if things get past a certain point, uh, I, I need a I, I need a third party in there, and I might bring um, I might bring a professional into it um, just to make sure that is the case. Um, if you do have multiple spirits, multiple gods, multiple uh, non-divine spirits that that are in your life and they don't seem to be getting along, uh, you know the question is 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 why, uh, and 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 is it something to do with you or is it something to do with them? Because um, if um, if two spirits are fighting, I, I don't want to get in between them. Um, that's I'm not going to win that fight. Uh, I don't want to fight that fight. So um, yeah, I would I would I would be doing divination to see what's the cause of the uh, uh, the, the the discord. Um, I would negotiate to try to put myself in the the place where where I felt like I could do the most good um, 
and you know if if necessary um you know if you have to choose sides then you choose sides and you ask for the one who you um um who who you choose or who chooses you to um um to back you up as you back away from the others absolutely okay that that makes sense that absolutely makes sense uh, well john thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show um you, we totally had to like schedule this twice because i had skype issues the first time um so i definitely appreciate the the second uh the second round here um where can people find you if they're if they want more um my blog is on patheos uh, path, uh, on the on the Pathios Pagan channel. If you Google John Beckett Pathios, it will bring you back. It'll br- it'll bring it right up. Um, I have a new website uh, under the Ancient Oaks dot com. Um, I, I set that up to um, uh, primarily to run classes from. Um, I did a, a an online class based off of um, paganism in depth. And as we're recording this, I'm just finishing up uh, a second class titled um, Building a New Myth about the role of stories in our practice and um, the necessity to build a, to build a, strong, um, a strong pagan worldview. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Uh, so uh, if you want to find me, I- I'm pretty easy to find. I didn't always identify as a witch. I used to be a pastry chef. I'm both a druid and a witch. I am a warrior and a druid. my interview with john beckett uh there was a it was an interesting discussion i'm really glad that he was able to make the time to come on the show uh once again modern witch spells recipes and workings the modern witch book is now available for all of your visual pleasure so definitely go check that out at uh, barnes and noble at amazon at your local bookseller um or you can check out my website and you can get a copy from me um either way uh definitely if you could if you could remember to, you know, just help a brother out, that would be great. Uh, leave a review, spread the word. All of that is super, super helpful. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can go to www.modernwitch.com for all of your modern witch needs. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll be back in just a few days with an exciting interview with Jason Miller. Forces at work here, dark, incomprehensible forces.